Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And today we are diving into part two of the Torment duet, uh, the Bleeding Hearts series by Dylan Page. Mm. <laughs> well, as we were just talking about, I have wine to get me through it. I have wine. I have Cheetos and I have chocolate. <laughs> I also I have Kleenex, mm. just in case. So, um, before we go any further, I am just going to to put this here very bluntly. This is a spoiler episode. If you have not read part two and you want it to be a surprise, do not listen. We are going to be talking about the nitty nitty gritty graphic details of what's happened here and you don't want it you don't want it to be spoiled yes if you have read it i would encourage you to join nat and i with our kleenex wine and chocolate because that might help you get through it oh my goodness i i did cry on this reread like ball in my face off at four o'clock in the morning because everybody who listens knows that Nat has a baby. Well, this baby's almost two guys. Uh, so not quite a baby. However, she is um, a milk enthusiast. So we still wake up a couple of times a night for milk. So and for me, I don't know. Are you like the story? Like if, you, if you're awake, it's hard for you to go back to sleep. Very much so. When I'm awake, I'm awake. Yeah, it's hard for me to wake up, you know, when she's when she cries. It's, it's like, oh, God, like I can't wait. I can't make myself get up. But as soon as I'm up and I'm, I'm getting the bottle and like I'm feeding her, it's over. I can't yeah. go back to sleep for at least another half an hour. So what do I do? I read my torment and cry. <laughs> oh, we want to get the, the, the big elephant out of the room and just talk about the ending first yeah let's do it this we talked a little bit about it a little bit in part one where this duet is very controversial because it has an unconventional happily ever after and i feel like a lot of people don't find it to be a romance a true romance because one of the heroes dies doesn't die he commits suicide yeah Yeah. um and oh gay is complicated Mm. and i had 
a very different take on the book when I read it this time than I did the first time. How so? I had a hard time seeing Shay as a good guy and not as a villain. Mm. And because I saw him more as a villain instead of as a hero, him suddenly turning self-sacrificing seemed strange to me. Okay. Um, because with the mental health issues that he had, him looking beyond himself enough to care about Nina in any way that didn't involve him seemed very strange to me. Mm. That being said, I don't believe that there is any way that this book could have ended with Shay being alive. I, I just, I can't conceive of an ending with Shay and Mina together. Yeah, because she was truly miserable with him. Yes, unlike, I would say 99% of the books that we read, the anti-heroes, okay, let me figure out how to phrase this. While the women may be captive or kidnapped or whatever, they don't hate themselves for it. Yeah. And the guys never make them feel bad about themselves. Whereas Shay just completely knocks Mina's self-esteem down. I mean, he just takes it all away. And she's miserable and unhappy for most of the book. And I get it. I, I think that it is a, a part of the story, but I think that this is more about Shay than Mina. Yeah. I would agree with you. Um, especially because in a lot of the other books we read where they're, the Anna hero is obsessed immediately, right? And wants the, the heroine and, and does all these horrible, crazy things to get the heroine the heroine wants him back at least on some level right yeah and she, there she's like almost fighting herself with her attraction and her happiness with him you know how many times have we read like a, a zoe blake book where the heroine fights tooth and nail against the hero but there's always that line where she's like, oh, but I feel safe and happy with him. Like, there's always that little bit that, sh and, and we can see like the hero while being selfish and wanting her always puts her needs and happiness first. Exactly. Right. And, sh and you're, you're totally right. Shay did not do that here. He didn't. He did everything in his power to take away her autonomy and her self-worth right like like the dancing she loved the dancing and it brought her unimaginable joy even in her like like she said like oh it's like her silly little pageants but she she had so much fun and pride in doing it right it was something she had for herself 
and she worked hard for it. She was incredibly talented at it Mm -hmm. and it meant the world to her. Yeah. And to find out that Shay was responsible for taking that away. Devastating. That's on on that. Yeah, 100 percent. But let's take it even more of a notch. Shay murdered her mother. Shay mutilated her mother. I mean, he cut off her nose and cut out her eyes. Yeah. It's, I don't know how you can redeem yourself. And did you read the author's note at the end of part two? I did not. Okay. I did. And, you know, it's it's where Dylan makes peace with the reader for (laughs) killing Shay off. And she says something to the effect of, you might be upset with me, but I feel like Shay really needed to redeem himself in order to prove himself and, you know, to be a a, a true hero, right? I don't know if there's any redeeming. I don't know if there is. Like, yes, he was selfless and he committed suicide to protect Mina, but the only reason... Mina was in harm's way was because of Shay and his insanity. <laughs> yeah. I I I just don't see a redemption arc for Shay. Yeah. And the 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 this chapter from Shay's point of view, mm-hmm. it it just kind of came from out of nowhere. This need to the sudden need to protect Mina. At all costs. I I disagree. Respectfully. Okay. I actually, I, I usually, you know, I love my my point of view from the heroes. Um, yeah. And I did like it here. However, I understand why there weren't, that was the only chapter like that, because I feel like we would have hated him even more. Oh, if, I, yeah. If we had more chapters with him in mind, uh, with his POV. However... I feel like that chapter really did its job in and showing the the mental battle within himself. I will agree with that. Right. It really showed like, oh, but like this voice is whispering, you know, go get her like she belongs with you. And and he's fighting that. He's saying no, like he's he's like, no, I'm going to put her in danger. Like the only thing to do. He's like, the only thing that I can do is protect her with this ultimate act of love I guess um and while I don't necessarily agree with everything you know and especially like that that's like an act of love because I I feel like that's that was his only choice in the end so is it really an ultimate sacrifice if it's your only choice left because the the ultimate, the alternate would be to have um, Mina fall into the hands of Jeremy. And he, like Shay said in that chapter, he would have had to watch her be tortured and, you know, whatever else, murdered. And uh, Shay wouldn't have been able to stand that. So I feel like as much of a, a sacrifice as he made in, in committing suicide, it was also most like a cop out because yeah. then he wouldn't have to watch it. Um, because 
that's the only thing I was kind of thinking. Yes, Shay killed himself, and there is no longer like that. I guess Elias can't hurt Shay, but he could still go after Mina if he really wanted to. Yeah. And he proves that in the, in the next book. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it was a beautiful book. It was heartbreaking, but so well written. And I was going to say it is one of the best written books that I can remember reading. Mm-hmm. I I didn't like Shay this time around. I did. But I still really enjoyed the book. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing? Why are you, why am I not hearing anything now? Can you Hello. talk from? Hello. 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 You are. I think my cable's going bad. Mm. Um, because if it's not in just the right position, I can't hear anything. Ah, so I need like to get a new the one. Walkman 2000 era. <laughs> 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 the dilemma of like the beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's a millennial joke for anybody who's young. Go look up a Walkman. <laughs> There were no AirPods back in our days, okay? <laughs> God forbid you ran or skipped anywhere. It was like, beep, oh. beep, beep. <laughs> and it always said anti-skip technology, but it never worked. There was no anti-skip. Mm-mm. No. Sorry, we are... Hey, tangent number one. <laughs> Drink more. Yes, cheers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think Shay is a very interesting character, but I would have been very disappointed if Mina had ended up with him. I, I don't know, honestly, how I would feel because part of me wanted me to, wanted her to, I guess, find joy in being with him. Maybe if they would have moved somewhere you know, I could I could see an ult- ultimate, uh, like an alternate ending where Shay finally realizes that he's being a dick and he enrolls her in like a dance program, I don't know, in like New York uh, or something and they move and, and they kind of like start a new life. I could see that as being a happily ever after because while she was miserable with him, I do believe it was not only because it was him, but just that environment. She didn't like that environment. No, the environment was completely toxic. James could go die in a fire as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He tried to read himself at the end of this book, but I don't know. I did find it funny uh, since we were going over the place when when they were talking and, and he told her, oh, like, do you really think that that one time that you lost your phone, like that, that you forgot to turn the phone off, was that time that Shay heard it? Like, I found your phone and I went, he's like, who's the Captain Stud Muffin? Yeah. <laughs> and he, she finally tells him and he goes all like daddy on her. <laughs> and I, I, it was cute. Um, but. Offers her to Shay on a platter. Here, yeah. 
No, he's horrible. We had his thing hurt to keep control of Shay. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, just wrong on every level. We talked about it in, in the first episode of this torment part one. He was a horrible person, and yeah. uh, just every, every. I'm telling you, I I felt I, the first book made me mostly just feel bad for her mother. This book made me feel bad for Mina because she was stuck. Yeah, truly stuck. Um. I'm very glad that Cody got killed. Didn't bother me a bit. Nah, I thought he I thought he should have died a slower death. A more painful slower death. You know, if I had to pick one of one of the guys, Gavin. Gavin. Yeah. Gavin was a sweetheart and he had I mean, I don't know if I don't think uh dylan is gonna write his book but he was like a hero he had his i don't remember her name was it elizabeth i can't remember i don't remember he had a girlfriend with a kid okay we need more single mom romances out there yeah single moms need love okay we need more single mom romances well i will say that you get more gavin and more james in um T.L. Hodel's The Order of Ravens and Wolves and The Lost Souls MC series. I don't want more James. There is some redemption there. Okay. Fine. Not but does Gavin a get lot. does Gavin get like spicy scenes? Not that I have read so far. I've got one book left to read. Okay. Um and it's an arc that I am so past to. I'm sorry, Tara. I will read it. I promise. Mm-hmm. But Preston is like Jeremy, but worse. Oh. On his sociopathic tendencies. Okay. Um, and I, I, I had a spoiler on the book, and I know, and it's just going to be. I'm having a hard time reading it because I know. I know what's coming and I don't want it to. Mm. So it, it is one of the few times that spoilers has has been a problem for me. Okay. Um, but the series is phenomenal. The two series are incredible. Um, I would I would strongly advise folks to go up for that. Okay. Sounds like a plan. But, um, I mean, there was a lot of sex in this book, which I liked. There was. Because there's barely any in book one, which makes sense because she's a child in most of book one, so. Well, I mean, she's still a minor when the first time he has sex with her. Yeah, but 17 is, I'm not saying that it's uh, okay, but 17 is more, I guess, palatable than you know 12 or 11 absolutely um because most teenagers are having sex at that age whether we like it or not yeah right i mean i was one of the oldest of my friends to lose my virginity at 18 which i still think is pretty young 
21. Yeah, you got me beat, right? Not until I was married. <gasps> what? How did I not know this? <laughs> my husband, my ex-husband was, um, was the first. Wow. And it was miserable. <laughs> I mean, mine was miserable too, but at least, you know. He, he was... never got better. I mean... I'm not really sure because mine was 18. I'm sure, I'm hoping he's better now. Well, I don't know if he is now or not, but through the duration yeah. of the marriage, it never improved. Oh, that's um See, this is why I condone sex before marriage for multiple reasons. I am a, absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely. Girls, take that, get it. Take that thing for a, a test drive. <laughs> See if it's worth it. Well, I mean, you know, we've talked about about how I grew up and whether I liked it or not, it didn't really matter. It mm. was, you know, sex was for procreation. Yeah. Um, not for fun. And I wasn't supposed to enjoy it. So it, it hit all of the marks it was supposed to. Um, I even came to him and said, you know, I'm interested in, in this. And I, I fantasize about that. And yeah, I was told that I was depraved. Well, you're my de depraved little co-host and I love you for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is sad, but that is the sad reality of a lot of people, yeah. right? We've talked about it. I've grown up in a, a similar manner where sex was not something you talked about. It was taboo. You didn't, women weren't supposed to enjoy it. Um, you definitely weren't supposed to have sex before marriage, um, which is why I waited such a long time. Because I'm telling you right now, most of my friends lost their virginity at 15, 16 years old, which I do agree is way too young, especially now as a 35-year-old lady. I'm like, whoa, you're, you're babies. What are you doing? <laughs> but um, the one good thing I would say is I grew up in a blue state like New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, and while our sex ed was not like, I'm not going to say it was amazing. It definitely taught us how to be safe. So like we all knew either go on the pill immediately or like definitely use condoms. Uh, the moment I got a boyfriend at 18 that I was, I was like, I saw where it was going. I brought myself over to Planned Parenthood and I got myself on the pill. Because I was not going to be one of those oopsie doopsies. I was in a red state, abstinence only, mm. which I think is an absolute crock of shit. Yeah. Um, you know that they're going to do it. So you need to teach them to be safe about it. Yes. You know it's going to happen. There is no world in which it is not going to happen. So put on your big boy pants and let people explain it to them. Mm-hmm. That is a rant that I could go off on for, for a lot longer than you guys want to listen to, I'm sure. Um, I wasn't allowed to go on birth control. I wasn't either. My mom my mom didn't know. Didn't know. Um, well, my doctor wanted to put me on it when I was 14 because my cramps were so bad. Yeah. I had really severe endometriosis. Aww. Um, And the hormonal hormonal birth control was really the only way to control it yeah um 
And my parents thought that that meant I would just go out spreading my legs for everybody. Yeah. Um, finally, 17? I think 17 was when they finally let me, they finally broke and let her prescribe it. Hmm. But it was only because I missed two days a month at a school. I mean, yeah. just, it was like clockwork. I, when my period came, I was out for at least two days, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, so they finally broke on that, but I just, I wasn't interested in sex as a teenager. I, I was more interested in being one of the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really see myself as a, as a girl so much. Not that there was any kind of um, gender identity issues, but I was a tomboy. Yeah. Um, and I have always been a tomboy. So I was more interested in being friends with the guys and hanging out than I was sleeping with them. I wasn't necessarily, I didn't want to sleep with anybody. Um, but I was definitely interested in boys and the thing is, I, I don't know, I had the like weird, that's part of the reason I still have some self-esteem issues, which everybody looks at me and is like, what are you talking about? Like I come off as a very confident person. Um, and that is because I work really hard at that. I grew up being the weird foreign kid, right? I had mm-hmm. this crazy, frizzy, curly hair that I didn't know what to do with. Um, it was literally a giant fro because I didn't put any products in it because I didn't know how to tame it. Yeah. Um, and my mom is like a child of the 80s and like the bigger the hair, the better. So she like combed out my curls and made it this lion's mane of a situation. Um, so I was like this weird kid, you know, that brought foreign food for lunch. And I had like, I mean, I love my friends and they're still the same friends I I, I have to this day. But I had like four friends, <laughs> you know. So I didn't get a lot of boy attention also because I had these weird big boobs for like the skinny frame and I just wasn't comfortable with the way I looked because of mm-hmm. it. You know, at 13 to have like double D's is, is not a good look. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just like I had this like weird relationship with boys because they always looked at me as like this weird kid. Like I was never the attractive kid to them. Um, so when I got to college, I was really confused because it was like a different experience where I wasn't the foreign kid anymore. I had learned how to fix my hair. I was definitely still the goth kid. Like I was (laughs) an all black, like fishnet, everything, the, um, uh, and like, that was pretty much my, my uniform. But at that point, like boys started looking at me like a girl and it it was strange yeah I my friends through high school were guys Mm -hmm. I let's see um I was dating quote unquote um a guy who was two years older than I was Mm -hmm. and he introduced me to all of his friends who became my best buddies which let me tell you, it was really awkward with the breakup. 
Um, but I, I still consider some of those guys to be my dearest friends. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of girls that I talked to, but I wasn't, you know, we didn't do the, the whole girls night and hang out and things like that. I, I was too busy gaming with the, gaming with the boys. <laughs> I was the geek one. I, you know, I had the big glasses and I, my hair was pretty, pretty big as well. Um, because you, when my hair is shorter, it's very curly. Okay. Um, that's one reason I wear it longer because it, the weight helps to, to drag the curls down a little. <laughs> if I, if I wash my hair and put product in it and let it dry, it just kinks right up. Nice. Um, and it snarls. <laughs> Anyway, we're not here to talk about my hair. We've got way off topic, by the way, but it's okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I I was interested in guys, but all of them were older than I was mm-hmm. and far, far out of my league. Yeah. Um. That's how I got involved in theater. I had a crush on a guy and I heard that he was going out for the one act because he's done the one act for the last two years. And I was like, oh, do the one act. (laughs) I auditioned, I got cast and I fell in love. Oh, I was also a theater kid. Not to be all right, but, but we were not, we never, we never got together. We were on all kinds of, we were in academic bowl together. We were in debate together. We yeah. did forensics together, but nothing ever came of it, much to my yeah. dismay. My very first, like, I would say true boyfriend was when I was like 17. Like it was senior year. I met him through a bunch of my other friends and he didn't go to my high school. Cause again, in my high school, I was not the attractive girl. <laughs> um, and we started dating and I was 18 when we finally did it, right? Um, funny enough, like he was the very, very religious one. And like, it was strange because he brought me to church and stuff. He went to a Catholic school. That's like, that's how religious he was. My ex-husband was Catholic. Yeah, it was weird. Like he brought me to Catholic, to the, Italian the Catholic, Catholic church. Yes, Irish Italian, my my ex boyfriend, um, and I mean, again, we were young and we were having fun, and I didn't really know what I was doing, uh, but I wanted to do it because all my friends had done it, and I was like, I felt old, almost like that like thirty year old virgin movie, but I was only eighteen, and I was like, I gotta get rid of this stupid virginity immediately. Yeah, gotta lose that V card. <laughs> I gotta I gotta get rid of it. Um, and I mean, he was happy to take it, so that's fine. It was a miserable experience, but I don't blame him. You know, it, we were both young. I don't, he wasn't a virgin, but you know, at at seventeen or 18, 18. How much experience does he really have? Exactly. So, um, yeah, but so anyway, back to what I was saying about the book. <laughs> at at 17, it's more, it's understandable, right? That yeah. they were having sex because 
again, I'm not saying like that's great because he was way, way older than her. Um, however, you know. And I believe the book takes place in Canada. Mm -hmm. So they yeah. may have a different age of majority. Well, also, the age of consent in the U.S. is 16, isn't it? I think that it ranges anywhere from 15 upwards. I'm, gonna, I'm scared to look it up because I'm going to end up on... I'm going to end up on like some FBI watch list. <laughs> uh, oh, it is state by state. Yeah. Okay. So we can't really. Well, let's just look it up for New Jersey. It's 16 in New Jersey. So yeah, who knows? Um. Anyway, so like there was, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not, saying that this is uh something i would condone in real life but it was hot in the book and i really liked it so that's the sex was <laughs> the sex oh. was so good oh. um yeah and i i appreciated that mina decided you know i am stuck in the situation there is nothing that i can do so by god i'm going to enjoy what i can yeah she said just at I'm just going to like if if this is the one time I get to feel good, I'm going to feel good. You yeah. Know? Um, and to be 16 or to be 17 and have that self-awareness, mm -hmm. I thought was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the only good thing in her life was orgasms. Yeah. It's sad, but true. Right. And, and dance up until that got taken away from her. And Keenan, I loved Keenan in this book. I would have liked to see more Keenan in this book. Yeah. Because you, he really isn't, aside from like the very beginning where they have the, the phone conversation, mm -hmm. Keenan isn't really involved until like 75% of the way through. Well, that's because we alluded to it, but Shay heard her phone, kind of like found her phone. Mm -hmm. She got rid of it. it like it, there was a, almost like a primal chase scene in the in the through their backyard the in their woods. property and where she in the rain hid the phone and All she texted him and like and everything and she texted him and said like look don't contact me ever again Shay found the phone like it's not safe and she pretty much broke up with him to protect him yeah well and he He's still saying, it's not safe. You've got to get out of there. I'm coming for you. I'm almost yeah. there. And she totally freaks the fuck out. Yeah, she says don't. Because Shay would have totally murdered him. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, I'm not saying Shay, uh, that Keenan can't hold his own because as we found out with Cody, he definitely can. Mm -hmm. But I feel I feel like he would have definitely gotten... It, it wouldn't have been a good ending. Like, either Keenan dies or Shay dies, right? Well, and when you go up against crazy, mm -hmm. crazy has the edge. Usually, yeah. As a general rule, you know, yeah. because most people have a line that they won't cross. Mm -hmm. Whereas total crazy like Shay has no lines. Yeah. And also, there's when nothing you're... off limits. Yes. And you're. When when you're in that, because he was, they called him manic, right? Like she's, yeah. he's, everybody said like, it was almost that like schizophrenic, like bipolar 
I'm not really sure what he had, but it was like a different personality took over. And he, he, it would just blind rage, you know, and blind rage, like you said, just goes all off. They don't feel pain. They, they have superhuman strength and it's, uh, it wouldn't have ended up good. So I think like the main reason that Keenan, and he was still watching as we found out later, Mm -hmm. he was still watching her. Um, but he just, I guess, stayed away and he, he, it it was, it was a a ride. Right. I think that the whole experience, because that's what, that's what this duet is. It is not mm-hmm. a, it's not a, it's not two books. It is an experience. Yeah. And it is a roller coaster. And yeah. I I have to say, I loved every bit of it. Yeah, it was fantastic. And like you said, for a first book to ever be published, Dylan came out swinging, baby. Yep. It was, I don't know, I can't. I mean, I, we could go on and uh, we have to talk about the tattoo scene. Go right Because ahead. we alluded to it in the first episode and it is definitely um, one of those moments that installed my button, like yeah. for tattoo scenes, I think. I think so, me too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It, on multiple levels. And of course, all of this is wrong, quote unquote, on a sane level. But when I'm reading it, I'm all in. I am I am so for it. Because he tells her to get dressed. And she goes to put on her like baggy outfit that she like usually wears. And he's like, oh, no, no. I picked out your clothes for you. And it's like these skinny jeans and this uh, Harley Davidson small like tank top. And then he says, don't worry, I got a jacket for you. And it's his property cut jacket. Uh huh. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not wearing this. And then he goes through the whole, just be a good girl. Do you want people to get hurt? Blah, blah, blah. Nonsense. So she puts it on. Then they go to the tattoo shop and she's immediately on edge. Wouldn't you be? Yeah, I mean, I feel bad. She was on edge the entire two series with him on eggshells. Because with him, you don't want to say the wrong thing, even though if you're think- you might be thinking you're saying the right thing, but you may say it the wrong way and it's over and he's flying off the handle. Yeah. But she, he like, it's it's a deserted tattoo parlor. <laughs> Where he's like, yeah, uh, the, I think the the tattoo's like, oh, the tattoo guy's like, are you excited for your first tattoo? And she's like, I'm not getting a tattoo. <laughs> I don't want a tattoo. <laughs> and she's pleading with him. It's very reminiscent of that same scene in Adelaide's Forest. Um, Beauty and Lies. Thank you. Where she's pleading with him, like, please don't, please don't. And he's like, too fucking bad. You're getting this tattoo. And it's his property cut tattoo. Like, it's this beautiful. Um, what the hell was it? It was a, like a Celtic. Like a Celtic something. And anyway. Property. And it said property of manic. Pre- property of manic. Yeah. Um, I, I remember she's her saying, like, if it wasn't the property of manic, the tattoo would have been beautiful. 
but that part was definitely horrible. And he put it on her like left wrist and he held her down while this tattoo guy <laughs> tattooed her against her will. Um, there was no eating out in this scene, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> I guess he um, he didn't have the same equipment that Rafe had as his disposal. So, <laughs> oh God! And then the other the other part I really liked was when they finally go over to see James, and she's washing the dishes, and James spots the tattoo and goes crazy. Yeah. And I remember him being like, and they like literally fought like fists, you know what I mean? Like they literally fought. And then um, Shay said that James lost his privileges. Like he's not allowed <laughs> to like see her again. It's weird how James just gave up the rights to Mina over to Shay. Like no problem. Well, I... I think that it was he was left with with no other recourse yeah. in how to control and how to control Shay. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you remember in book one, he went after um, Eli, mm-hmm. and she shut him out. Yes, and he had the biggest man sized tantrum. Mm-hmm. At the clubhouse. And the only way they could calm him down was for James to take Nina to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that set a precedence for James. Because putting Mina in Shay's way calmed the beast a yeah. little bit. Well, he even said it, uh, James said it to her after, when they were having that heart to ha- heart at the very end. Um, he said something like, you know, um, I wasn't, it wasn't easy to, to you know, he, he said he failed his son. He felt like he failed his son. And when he saw his son acting like a human around Mina, it was like the only thing he could think of is to just rant him this person that made him feel like a a human and like act normal almost and like caring. Yeah. Right? Because he didn't care about anything before. Um, it It wasn't an easy thing to let, to see my son fall for, who I came to see as my child. I hoped I was wrong, but I couldn't deny you for from him. He needed you. You were the only thing anchoring him from descending into madness, so I let it happen. And he acknowledges that it was wrong, but mm-hmm. he almost couldn't help himself. Um, and, and Mina did... Uh, confront him she was like didn't I matter like I was a person you know he said because James was saying like how he's he loved her mom and he he did love her mom but he he saw that Shay loved Mina and he would have done anything to 
to keep Mina there. So it was almost like killing two birds with one stone when they, you know, ran him off the road and like dragged him kicking and screaming. He he got to he was he was being selfish, but he almost saw it as a, a, a like a gift for his son. Yeah. I don't know. It was like a weird it was definitely weird and icky. Totally wrong. Yeah. But um and that's that's when they were having a conversation about Key and uh Keenan and and she said, Well, Key is the only one who isn't selfish with me. Like, I have to tell you this, right? Like y- you have to understand that I know that you guys are fucked up. Like I've been playing along because I have no other choice, but I'm not stupid. I know that the only person that hasn't been selfish with me and that actually wants what's best for me rather than what's best for them is Keenan. So um, it was, it was nice to see her stand up for herself. Yeah. Even though it was at the very end after she saw, it was like the most traumatic experience. This poor girl. You went through it. I mean, you're talking some, there's going to be thousands of dollars of, of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> but it was beautiful to see at the very end of the epilogue. It, I mean, it was very sad, but you could see that it, it was described that she was happy. Like you could see yeah. that it was like a happy family. Keenan was happy. The little boy was happy. And Mina was happy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was. Oh God. I mean, I I really can't say enough about how perfect this book was. I guess technically I was wrong. Um, because the epilogue was also from Shay's perspective. Yes. Well, yes and no. I think it was from uh no, it was from that girl's perspective from Ashes. I can't remember her name. I don't think so. No? I am I am it doesn't ever say who it's about, who it's from, but I am like almost positive. Um, oh, no, you're right. It does say Casey. No, I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, because Casey is there at her parents' grave and she's observing this beautiful couple. There, um, somewhere there is an epilogue. From Shay's perspective. I think it's in Ashes, as weird as it sounds. That may be it. But, yeah, I, I, but I know that I read it. I know yes. that I read one from his perspective. I agree. I, I do remember reading it as well. And I was actually waiting for it to happen, but it never did. Um, I think it's in Ashes. Okay. Like maybe even, not even as an epilogue, but maybe as like a bonus scene or something. Um but yeah, the epilogue here is from Casey from Ash's point of view, where she is sitting in a grave, uh, not a grave, in a graveyard um, with her parents' graves, and she's drawing them a picture and kind of like conversing with the graves mm-hmm. or the spirits. Um, and then she observes this like almost picture perfect family walk by where with this beautiful little boy with dark hair and silver eyes. Um, and this, she, I think she notices Keenan, and she's like, damn, he's like good looking. <laughs> like this like golden skin and golden hair. And, and then this beautiful um, blonde 
late like woman next to him and she even makes a note like why do all the hot people always find each other <laughs> like it's not fair um so it was it was really nice to see the epilogue of Mina being happy like she got her happily ever after uh but yeah I don't know I mean, I know you and I consider this a romance. It is an alternative happily ever after um, because one of the, I guess, heroes definitely doesn't have an happily ever after because he commits suicide. But I feel like we should say that this is definitely different than that other book by, uh, I think it's J.T. Geisinger. I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly. Pen Pal. That was... Ugh that was billed as a romance that was definitely not a romance yeah i i have to say i didn't get all the way through it me neither but that was because i found the spoiler that told me what to expect and i was like mm -hmm. yeah no uh -uh. me too yeah i i think i got about 60 percent in and then because there was a lot of talk about this book and um i looked it up i was so I was, looking forward to it yeah i looked it up and i was like oh no i'm not finishing this book Fuck that. Because, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know, then skip this part. But both the the hero and heroine get murdered in that book. So, definitely no happily ever after there. So, I don't think that... I think that's a romantic, maybe like a suspense book. Like, I can't, it can't even be romantic. It's just a suspense book with spice. Yeah. I don't think it's... And it was a hot book. Like, I liked the the sex scenes in it and the, the book was interesting but I, I found out later that it's actually very problematic also because it depicts um a person with schizophrenia like in a very negative and harmful manner I'm not really sure because I didn't read that part I, didn't I can't talk far. to I can't yeah I, I, I stopped about 60 percent in because I found out what happened but I feel like when you're comparing that book to this book it's definitely like Torment is a romance. Yeah. Torment is Mi Mina's romance. Yes. And I think that the title was just perfect. Because Mina was very tormented by Shay's love. Mm-hmm. And Shay was very tormented by wanting Mina's. Yeah. So it, I, she nailed it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And poor Keenan was tormented by watching the whole thing. Yeah. But I'm glad he got his happily ever after, too. I was, too. But... Um... I don't know what else to say about this one. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it either. It was heartbreaking, hot, beautiful. It was a once-in-a-lifetime kind of book, I think. I think so. Yeah. So if you haven't read it, we definitely fucked it up for you. So I hope you read it. <laughs> um. The other thing I'm just going to say real funny is, um, of course, like I was really looking forward to Jeremy's book because Jeremy was hyped. So like, whoa, yeah. Jeremy's worse than Shay. 
what do you mean? I need to read about that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then I also really wanted an Elias book, <laughs> which is not going to happen. <laughs> you didn't want an Elias book? I didn't. I wanted to see Vampire Fucker killed. Oh my God. I wanted him to die painfully. <laughs> you made me just a little bit ahead of me on the fucked up chart. Thank you. I didn't think that was possible, but you you may have just succeeded there, girl. I was reading the Elias parts in in Mercy much much later on, and I was like, "Whoa, I want to read his book." And then I never I never got it because spoiler alert, um, Elias is dead. He got he got killed. Did yes. Um, but yeah, I was like, "Ooh, I wonder if Elias gets a book." I can't wait for Echoes. Oh my god, me too. I don't know when that's coming out. Um, I think there was a release date posted, but let me check. Right now, the release date is September 30th. Okay, that's not too far away. That's not too bad. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. I mean, we've said this a million times, but I am excited for anything that Dylan Page writes. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I am really looking forward to the next in the Primal series. Oh my God, me too. I think it's Stephanie's book this time. Yes. But I loved, loved Roe. Yes. Um. So I am very much looking forward to when that, whenever that is going to be released. Same here. And for anybody who is interested, I am still recording the audiobook for that very slowly. So it's hard to do with a full-time job and a podcast and children and my perfectionist tendencies. I've re-recorded it three times already. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Corvin and I are working on it together and he's not, I mean, he's helpful, but he's also not helping. Cause he's like, yeah, if you feel like you need to re-record it, just re-record it. I feel like somebody just needs to tell me stop re-recording. Well, send it to me and I'll listen and I'll give you, give you a feedback. Okay. I will. Um, I just want it to be perfect because in case you guys haven't figured this out by now, listening to this love fest, I love Dylan Page and I feel extreme pressure to make this very good for her because this is going to be her first audiobook so I don't want to fuck up her first audiobook is it really I didn't realize yeah. that none, none of her books are on audio I'm not a big audio person because they I am to, unless I'm driving yeah. but just to listen to it around the house I don't I don't listen so I think that you will do a beautiful job thank you I'm just I'm real hard on myself because I want to do such a good job. Um, so I will definitely send you some stuff and let's see if you you think it's good. But I think this is my last time you're recording it. Like, I think this is going to be it because uh, if I if I just let keep on in my head, I will literally never finish. Yeah. So uh, the good thing is that there is no deadline. <laughs> she didn't give me one. So I can do it all I want. Um, but I'm very honored to do it and, uh, I'm trying to do my very, very best job. So, um, I do, I also love audiobooks and 
I drive a lot for work. Uh, so I, I listen to a lot of audio and I also do a lot of like, like when I'm cleaning the house or putting laundry away, that's usually when I'm either listening to a podcast or an audiobook. So, which actually is a good segue into our palate cleansers. Do you have one? Do you want me to start? Why don't you start while I think? Well, speaking of audiobooks, I tend to listen to not dark romance. I can't listen to dark romance on audio. For some reason, that needs to be like a visual thing uh-huh. for me to read. Um, but I love me some funny rom-coms with spice on audio. And boy, do I have the perfect funny rom-com with spice for you. Okay. It is by Nisha Sharma. And um, it's called Dating Dr. Dill. It is so freaking funny. It is about a um, an Indian girl and boy. I mean, boy and girl. They're like in their 30s. So That's still uh, a boy and girl as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But it's just like this <laughs> um, perfectly funny uh, audiobook. And the, the narrators are really great. Like they do a bunch of the different voices, which I found really funny. Um, and it's about, uh, uh, an Indian woman whose, um, younger sister is getting married. And so her parent, her, her dad is like really pressuring her to get married because in the Indian culture, especially it's like almost like taboo and bad when the younger sister gets married before the, the older ones even engaged. So he for romance reasons, she needs to find a husband immediately. And um, she ends up finding this cardiologist doctor man who doesn't believe in love, but also has reasons to get married immediately for romance reasons. And it is like a fake dating relationship book. Oh, with but it's like a rom it literally like reads like a rom-com i could see it like play out in my head as it would have been make it would make a beautiful like a perfect rom-com movie yeah um and the spicy scenes are real spicy uh he eats her butt out in the shower the end well <laughs> yeah. all right then it gets uh, like it's spicy like it's a rom-com but it's spicy and Nisha sharma writes a fun book um she's also i've from what I understand, a fan of dark romance. So I don't know if Nisha Sharma listens, but hi, Nisha Sharma. <laughs> I love your books. Also, this book took place in New Jersey. Um, and it took place in a lot of places that I work and live in. So it made it extra fun for me to read because I was like, oh, I know that place. <laughs> uh, the the main thing I'm going to say about that book is like the... <laughs> The main, um, the guy lives in Jersey City and the, the the girl lives in Edison. And I would say like, fuck all the rest. Like that commute is love itself because that commute on the Jersey Turnpike is the fucking hell. So that is um, my palate cleanser. And it's delightful. I have two. Okay. One is I have done a reread of the Library of the Profane trilogy by J.B. Trebinger. And it is, without a doubt, 
one of the most entertaining books that I have ever read or series that I have ever read. You have, it is a paranormal reverse harem. And you have the, the witch who is a librarian for a li the library was built in Salem. And it is basically run by the spirits of the people who died during the witch trials. Except not only were there witches, there were shifters and vampires and assorted other things. So, I mean, it has talking books and books that fly. Um, and it also conveniently has a werewolf porn section. But then you have the god of chaos who gets resurrected. Um, you have, and when he gets resurrected, he sees the witch and he's like, we're getting married. No doubt about it. We're getting married. We're getting hitched. My beautiful, lovely witch. And she's. Sounds like a good time. She's like, yeah, no. Um, and then you have a vampire hacker followed by a warlock who is a descendant of Lucifer. Oh, let me count them down. Um, and then you have a hellhound. And then you have her familiar who was a cat, but because he, he, he wants her to be happy, the god of chaos returns him to his warlock body that he had before he died this is after as a cat he knocks over the the guy's oreos because you know how cats bad at things grayson had a tower of oreos so the cat batted at it knocked it off so he put for a black cat he put a white dick on his face <laughs> I'm telling you, it was awesome. Now, the God of Chaos is totally and utterly bewitched by werewolf porn. He's obsessed with it. He even asks her, he's like, do you think that once we're married, that we could find a shifter that we can have sex with? And she's like, what? And so when he meets the hellhound, he's like, hey, I've been reading about these shifters and they have all these things with their cock and she's like stop stop now you are not asking custom you know paying customers of my library about their cocks and he's like but i want to know the authors just are all over the place some of them have have knots and some of them have knobs and i i just need to know it it's just brilliant. Um, and I needed something good and light. So that was that was a reread. But I am currently reading the 82nd Street Vandal series by Heather Long, which mm -hmm. is a dark gang, uh, a dark gang white shoes. Okay. Um, and it is nine books. Oh, wow. I read to book four. And I was like, oh, well, that's not the last book. Damn. 
And then as I started looking into it, I'm like, oh, there are four more books coming. And then she turned the eight book series into nine book series. So I am, I am reading that, but it is, it's a large harem. Um, she was severely abused by her dance partner. She was a, she's an aerialist. Mm. Um, and there's some found family. Um, she has a brother she never knew she had. Um, you find out that her uncle has been seriously abusing her. And when she gets out of line, he ships her to a high-paying mental hospital where they do electric shock therapy to knock her back down to where he wants her to keep her compliant. Um, so the guy stayed to break in to get her out. It's just, it's it's great. I'm in book six now. I think I'm in book six now. Um, and I'm loving it. Sounds like a good time. Why don't you tell them what we're reading next week, Tori? <laughs> She's so happy. I talked her into another Flytoos. Um, and we know how much Nat does not like multiple weebies. So I am very grateful that she is indulging me. How many weebies am I dealing with? Three. Okay. I can deal with three. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Um, because there's a twin swap. Why don't you tell them the title? <laughs> that would be a good start. It is Forget Me Not Bombshell by Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valenti. And it is part of the Mafia Wars universe, which is a six standalones um, written by different authors. Okay. Sounds good. So it's a Why Choose Mafia book. Yeah. With three and a half wee-wees. <laughs> Can't wait to see what the hell that means. Don't tell me. I'm going to find out. Okay. Um. Well, thank you so much for... Oh, wait. Do you... I don't know how long we've been recording. Do you guys want a funny dentist story or not? Yeah? Okay. Um. I was telling Tori before we started recording that I went to the dentist to get a, a filling. So I might look a little weird because like I'm a little droopy and like, drooly from the one side from the Novocaine. But uh, my husband goes to the same dentist. So I also need a retainer, not a retainer, like a night guard, I guess, because mama's a stressed lady and she grinds her teeth at night. Okay, mm -hmm. so I need a, I need a thing. So she puts this like tray like with gooey shit in my mouth. And she's like, oh, wow, you don't have a gag reflex. What a great patient you are. <laughs> and thankfully, I couldn't say anything to her because my mouth was full of mouth guard goop. But then later, she's um, she like sprayed something and like got on all over me. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I got some stuff on you. She's like, ugh. It's like, at least you don't have a beard. I get stuff all over your husband's beard all the time. And without thinking, your girl goes, oh, yeah, me too. How <laughs> red did you turn? Oh, my God, bright red. And she's looking at me and I'm like, just, just ignore her. 
like just smile and act stupid. <laughs> oh God, I have no filter. It was that it was a later appointment in the day, and I was just tired from work, and my filter was gone. And so, I um, I've had some. She she's our age, so it wasn't horrible, but it was there was like an older tech lady in there, and she looked at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Anyway, well, just to plug in here, um. For our Patreons, there are three of you who are sinful deviants. Yes, and if you have not checked your messages, you have a message from me because I have sent out the lists for each of you to pick an episode from. Yes. Um. So check that out and get back to me. Yes, let's plug the Patreon since we're here. Um, if you are so inclined and would like to join our Patreon, uh, it is Trigger Warning Romance on Patreon. We'll link it down below. Uh, there are three levels and you can look into the levels. But one of the levels is the highest level of Sinful, de- sinful Deviant. And you get to choose an episode um, of your choice. And... Uh, we put a lot of love and effort into these lists because we I honestly want to do every book that we put on there. I know. I know. So maybe we'll put them back in a rotation if if they don't get choose. chosen. Choose Jesus. It's been a long night. Thank you for joining us everybody. Um please read the next book. What the Forget Me Not Bombshell. Thank you. Um, for next week and have a great week everybody we'll see you next week take care bye